cliffcentral.com. Afternoon and welcome to a bit of a delayed health hour. I'm Dr. Jonathan Witt. Very late. Uh, apologies, but it can't be the first time a doctor has kept you waiting. Uh, really, really sorry. Um, but we're going to kick off straight into the show today. Uh, good show lined up. Health news first. And then uh, I'm going to be uh, arguing with uh, Arbor Vector from uh, Daily Maverick a bit later. We're going to be discussing uh, alternative complementary medicines, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the fact that there's legislation coming up on them and... Uh, and Ivo thinks everything should be a free fall, so we'll we'll chat about that. But uh, first, Catherine Child from the Times. Catherine, how are you today? I'm great. I'm sitting in darkness. We have no power at work. Well, this is this is this is journalism in Africa. It's nice because everyone's gone really quiet. It's amazing how quiet people go when there's no light. You see, thirty years ago there would have been typewriters, but now it's just can't do anything. We can do lots of work because <laughs> no one's talking. Good. Um, so what's uh, what's in the news this week? I think there's quite well, a lot, eh? Off, there's plenty in the news. I'm starting off with dumb patients because I'm sure you've seen your fair share of them. <laughs> all the First time. All, so there's three stories of dumb, idiotic patients. That would be me, not you. And the first one is... Doctors the are the worst Popo. patients. Yeah? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well... There's this DJ um, yes. on Lokalala FM who has told people not to get circumcised. Now, you know the government's trying to get people circumcised to prevent HIV, and there's very good science showing that you have a 60% less chance of getting HIV. Yeah, in fact, uh, says, our leading professor has, has made quite uh, big comments about it, actually. Uh, 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 Francois Fenter, hey? Yeah, he said the people who um, kind of don't listen to the science are like the anti-vaxxers who won't vaccinate their kids. The more you show them the science, the more they won't listen. It's almost pointless to argue with them. So what it's is like this? They yeah, they just why they don't listen. What is this moron in uh, wherever he's from said? With uh, he's saying don't don't circumcise. So this DJ is saying don't circumcise, and yeah. the, the reason he's saying it is he's saying your foreskin is there for a reason to make sex more enjoyable. He could, he could be right. It's, it's an interesting theory. Um, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of studies around it. But um, <laughs> a, a, a doctor friend of mine, um, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying this because people are now going to not want to get circumcised. But a doctor friend of mine uh, actually got circumcised in his twenties, so he had sex before with a foreskin and sex without. Uh, he said, uh, he said, sex uh, with a, without a foreskin. Moving from sex with a foreskin to one without was like going from color television to black and white. And he can't undo it. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's all gone. Sorry. Had the snip. But well, they uh, say it's better for the woman if the man circumcised, apparently. <laughs> well, I, I look, I'm, I'm, I have to say I've had the chop, so, uh, so, and I wouldn't know. So it happened uh, early on in my life. But, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, I'm certainly happy I, I don't get any, uh, sort of collection of, Smegma, you know that's uh, yeah. that, that's that's. I'm Too grateful much for that. Information. Oh, well, you know this is important. You know, guys who don't clean properly, it's just you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you want to get HIV, then don't circumcise and don't have last sex. So really, I have little patience for these idiots. Is there, has there been enough? Has people. there been enough of an uproar about him, or or or, or not? Sorry, I'm struggling to hear you. Has there? Sorry, has there been enough of a, an uproar about him? Has anyone sort of challenged him? The health minister's spokesperson had to challenge him and say, come on, man, like, listen to science. But I don't think anyone else. Mm. 
has challenged them. I feel sorry for the health department having to face all these idiots. Yeah. The well. next ones of idiots are um, the anti-vaxxers, the ones that um, Franz Fenter was comparing, the professor was comparing the anti-social sciences to. Yeah. And so there are a whole lot of people who don't want to vaccinate their kids. And in America, measles cases are up 90% since 1994. Sure. And for every thousand kids who get it, they think one or two will die. But people don't want to vaccinate. Yeah, so it's, it's just the measles, it's absolutely unbelievable. And then you have, uh, so people like, um, what's that idiot's name? Uh, Donald Trump, uh, who, who tweeted the other day that... Uh, <laughs> More sort of anti-vaccine kind of stuff. And, and, and it, there's no science behind it. It's just, uh, and the more, it won't, like you said, the more you tell them this is the proof that there's no science evidence for, say, autism, which they love to use, uh, the more they, they argue. It's unbelievable. I think Donald Trump has to sit down and keep quiet. He's going <laughs> on about a baller breaking out in America. I mean, he doesn't understand science at it, all. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we've got to be careful because we've got even uh, certain high-profile professors here who, who kind of make uh, anti-vaccine statements on occasion. Well, there is a debate that started at the CDC, but let's probably not get into that before we have more people not vaccinating. <laughs> just, yeah. Interestingly, these Americans, sorry. Yeah, no, no, just on that CDC thing, it was completely withdrawn and apologized for, so... Um, but uh, but absolutely, I we I don't think anyone must be in any doubt that vaccines are completely safe, and they should be vaccinating their children, because unfortunately, unlike any other health intervention, vaccination isn't only for you; it's for everyone around you. Yeah, we should be able to sue parents who don't vaccinate the kids when your kids get sick. It's an interesting. It's an interesting concept. They raised it in in New York. Guy vac- um, measles, they think, before the vaccine started in, this is in America, in 1963. And now they have almost no deaths, and yet people don't want to vaccinate. Yeah, that's no, bizarre. No, I mean, all the diseases, polio, and uh, if you look at that and how successful we've been. But uh, anywho, the next, uh, we've got three bunch of idiots. So, so far, we've discussed two. Oh, the guy doesn't want to circumcise. Yeah, the, the, the anti-vaxxers, and who? Antibiotics. So we don't want to vaccinate, but we do want to take antibiotics. So as you know, I mean, I've got family. They were all sick recently. The kids were sick. So they all got put on antibiotics. And mm-hmm. as you know, like flu is a virus. Antibiotics worse for infections. Bacteria specifically, yeah. So the GPs that we surveyed um, in Britain, and this is in, quite a, in the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, so it's quite a prestigious journal. Mm-hmm. And the survey found that more than half the GPs were under pressure from patients as to prescribe antibiotics. Yeah, no doubt about that. I would, I would reckon that's probably very true for South Africa as well. Yeah. At least one in ten patients who visited, and they went to the doctor once a month, I'm not so well, often, they expected to get antibiotics every single time. So they wanted antibiotics once a month. No, I'm going to no stop idea. you there, because firstly, once a month is actually a fortune. If, if you're visiting your doctor 12 times a year, and you don't have some sort of chronic disease, um, and even if you do, there's something very wrong. You you should not be seeing your doctor that often. Seriously, we're like dentists. <laughs> Maybe once every six months. Yeah, it's bizarre. And they wanted antibiotics. So they obviously think these pills are miracles and have no idea how resistant they're becoming. And one day they're not going to be able to have antibiotics when they need them. Yeah, well, the, the, the issue is we're building, uh, we, we're creating um, uh, 
bacterial resistance. So uh, just a misconception amongst people. It's not that you personally become resistant, but the bacteria become resistant to the to the drugs we use, and uh, and then unfortunately we we have to use stronger drugs, and we're running out of antibiotics. That's the issue. Interestingly, um, Prof. Richards from Vitz was saying that the doctors who prescribe antibiotics, the GPs are often not the same ones working in ICU, seeing these patients who have bacteria that are resistant to everything. And they're not seeing the patients die of antibiotic resistance or die of the infection that the antibiotics yeah. fix. So there's a bit of a, you know, the doctors who see it aren't the ones who are prescribing, and the ones who are prescribing are not seeing the yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And uh, antibiotic stewardship, uh, which is just being careful with your antibiotics, is, is really, really important. So, uh, look, I think I think I, I know uh, in my practice I've had patients push for antibiotics, and I, I absolutely refuse if I believe that it's viral. Uh, but I, I do think that some doctors probably, uh, uh, you know, succumb to the pressure. Yeah, well, it said 44% young Britain prescribed antibiotics to get the patients to leave their rooms. Sure. So I'm glad you you resisted. <laughs> no, I just told them no, and then they leave the rooms in a huff. But anyway, um, <laughs> what else? What else have we got? Bad news. Um, so you know, TB is a big problem in South Africa, and they—I mean, most of our drugs are really, really old from the '60s. So they had a big trial to try out um, I think it was an antibiotic, moxifloxacin, and to use it in place of one of the four drugs that they give people who have TB, and yeah, it was a phase two trial, which meant it would work. They would have a new treatment. Yeah. They were hoping to shorten TB treatment from six months before, which would be amazing. And it failed. So just another TB story that's just not working out. But, I mean, big up to these researchers. They keep going and going and going and looking for something. Yeah. But, yeah, we're not there yet. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's unfortunate. But you see, the problem, I think, there is... They've gone and taken a drug developed for other things and hoped that it would work on TB instead of developing a drug for TB. Um, and that's that's probably where the problem comes in. That's because there's no one willing to develop drugs for TB. They keep taking drugs for other things and trying to see if mm. they can work in TB. Absolutely. And, and, and to be honest, uh, it, it's, a, it's complex, but uh, that probably you can blame Big Pharma for. Um, in terms of the fact that uh, ultimately there's probably a, a fair belief on their part that there's no not enough money in, in developing those drugs. They're never going to get the money back. absolutely their fault. So they won't, you know, they won't make money as a business, so there's no drugs. And mm-hmm. the ones they're trying haven't been working. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. At least the researchers keep trying. Yeah, we carry on. And last story, um... Financial males actually come out in defense of the health minister. This poor man who keeps having to hear about one failing hospital after the next and said it's not his fault, it's the province's fault, and it's the constitution's fault because he actually has no power. So the minister wants to implement stuff, but the provinces don't want to listen to him. Or they take the money for health and they spend it on something else. Does he, is, is, so, is he, not, a, does he not overrule every all the provinces, or is it basically that he can't... He doesn't have that control. He can sort of suggest. Is that is that about it? He can kind of persuade. And what he always says, and it's interesting that financial males said the same thing now, is unless he puts them under administration, like they're so bad, he can't actually do very much. So he's either got to take over the province or he's got to keep telling them what to do. 
But he doesn't appoint the DGs of health. The MECs in the province appoint their top guy. So he doesn't have a say over who's running things. And then the money that gets sent to the provinces, he doesn't have a say over that either. And then it doesn't get spent correctly, and everybody blames him. It's quite interesting that... And yeah, it's, it's actually a bit, a bit ridiculous. I mean, so effectively he's a minister and the only the only thing he gets out of that is a blue light brigade. He, you know, he's he's not even, uh, not even he's got no control. Well, yeah, he said, and I think this might be why he's making so many laws. Because the one thing he can do <laughs> is make policy. So yeah, so, the so he's he forcing them by, like, by creating law. Yeah, because what else is he supposed to do? So, I mean... um. Sort of experts are saying there's a problem with the constitution because the provinces have too much power. Sure. So, well, well, it could be true, I have to say. But uh, I hope he's not uh, using a sort of as an excuse because uh, because you know uh, he's 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 not being as effective as he'd like to be. I hope so. But it wasn't him who said this. This is um, the head of the National Planning Commission. Oh, oh, really? Medicine, Dr. Hussein Kavadia, and then Ayanda Nsaluba, who's at Discovery Health. He used to be a big DG. He said it. He said as a DG, it was really, really tough. Because you wake up and the media's telling you what's going on in some failed hospital. Yeah. Because the provinces haven't told you. So you just wake up to hear the bad news on TV. So sure. a little bit of sympathy for the minister today. Huh. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> it's going to be hard to find it, but I'll try. <laughs> yeah, well... I think that's why the activists are taking on the provinces and protesting in the free states. And I think that's what they're going to have to do, start <laughs> fighting for people to do their jobs. Yeah. Alrighty. Is that it? Uh, a lot of depressing news. I promise I'll find something happy for next yeah, week. Yeah, I'll find something. Have people taking like too many like uh, Zanals or something? I don't know. <laughs> too many. Okay, I'll do that. But in the <laughs> meantime, maybe our patients can be a little bit more intelligent and get their vaccines. The vaccines and their circumcisions. <laughs> and not antibiotics. <laughs> and not antibiotics. Great. Thanks, Catherine. We'll chat next week. Bye. Bye. Cliffcentral.com. Trying to stay too long. I just do my own thing, okay, and hope it all work out. Trying to set the bullshit up, okay, and hope it all burns down. And niggas ain't shit, it's a bit, ain't spitting it like I do. Nigga, why you looking around? I'm right by you. Act stupid enough, they might sign you. I've been getting shows, men watch it up by you. And you can keep your fucking take on what I do. If it's super fucking fake when I smile, never thought I'd be a child. The way they so free, so wine is so wild. Tell me you're feeling the same. I'm just hoping you're feeling the boy. I just know that I'm feeling the same. I just know that I'm feeling the boy. We niggas I'm finna destroy. I forgot to shut up when I came. Then we left at the end of the story. When it's all said and done, you sing like a rock. Cream, I was gonna rise to the top. Little nigga, we killing the noise. Turn on it, put down to vibrations. I don't even see the lows. Turn no vision to the paper. I don't really need you hoes. But if I like her energy, the motherfucker brought it count.
And back on the health hour, we're going to chat to Ivo Vector um, shortly about a column he's written for the Daily Maverick. Um, Ivo, obviously one of the prolific columnists at uh, Daily Maverick, uh, taken uh, a bit of a break recently. But uh, Ivo, you're on the line, eh? Hi, How are you? Yeah, so I was just uh, giving you a bit of an intro, but I haven't told the listeners, those who haven't read your uh, uh, read your column this week, uh, I haven't told them the gist. So you want to you want to summarize it in the best yeah, way possible? Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's actually really simple. There's a an issue with alternative medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the government wants to regulate alternative medicines like homeopathy and so forth, uh, just like regular medicine. Yeah. Um, now, you know, this is a, obviously all, all the fans of alternative medicine are very much against this, and the, the alternative medicine industry is very much against it. Yeah. Um, now, it's interesting because the, medic, the Medicines Control Council uh, evaluates medicine based on quality, uh, efficacy, and what was, the, what was the third one? Uh, uh, you got me, sorry. Uh, sorry? Safety. Safety. All right. Quality, yeah, efficacy, yeah. and safety. Good. Yeah. Of course, now the problem with alternative medicine is that uh, if it works, it's medicine. So, yes, that's, um, uh, that's uh, the, the great quote, which is which is fantastic. Um, I, I mean, I, I, there's obviously a, a split here as well because you've got the homeopathic side, which uh, is essentially uh, water, um, um, yeah. and uh, and then you do have the naturopathic side, uh, which uh, does have active ingredients in it and and definitely causes things to happen in your body. No, this is true. I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, ordinary medicine is actually, you know, deduced from or derived from Absolutely. Uh, natural herbal. Yeah, herbal and then went through the whole process of trials and 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 you know the, the production lines of of, of large uh, um, sort of pharmaceutical companies. Exactly, but you know, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to the notion that people have the right to choose uh, what medicine to use. I, I don't I don't agree with them necessarily, but you know, frankly, it's their problem. Um, <laughs> And, I've got and you. That really raises the question. Right? Yeah, I've got you. I, I think that's where the, the debate comes in. Is 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 uh, you know obviously yes, because, your side is is let people choose essentially. That's right, and and that raises an interesting question: Is this also true for conventional medicine? And if not, why not? Sure. Um, you know that that is an interesting case, um, and there are good arguments on both sides. Yes. Um, well, the I, thing is. I mean, I think uh, presents uh, certainly. I've seen two sides of of, of an argument on, on the opposite side. Uh, my argument being, you, you know, and I suppose um, I was echoed by a fellow um, doctor earlier this week, which which is essentially, um, you know, letting people just make their own decisions is all fine and well, except for the fact that, you know, when you have to then deal with the consequences of those decisions, it becomes quite a, a health nightmare, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean that's also true for a lot of uh, stuff that's over, available over the counter at the moment. Um, you know, there's a there's headache tablets that are serious problems. Yeah, um, well, if you, you know, if you take them in in high enough doses, absolutely, that is true. That's right. Yeah, you know, there's, there's nothing really stopping people from doing that. So, um, you know, there's a there's a whole lot of it's a slippery slope argument in a way, mm. um, which which makes it difficult because that essentially says that you should be allowed to take heroin and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, my just my concern is it's fine. I, I, in principle, I like your concept. Everyone's it's a free for all, and and essentially, um, you know, you you do as you please. You take what you want. It's your body. It's your life. Um, 
my only problem is that uh, is that when when uh, you then whatever put your kidneys into failure, for example, uh, your one dialysis, um, which for example is a very scarce resource, um, and uh, perhaps perhaps you, you you can't afford it, or or, or even the point. Let's take money out of it. Um, is that uh, we may end up dialyzing you when someone who hasn't abused their body with the free heroin they picked up. Um, uh, well, you know, I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm not convinced that that is an, that that is an obstacle you can't overcome. Yeah. Um, firstly, let's just say that you know, if the government does provide medical care, it in principle has a justification for demanding all sorts of things from you. Right? They can tax your smoking, your, your drinking, your salt, your sugar. They try they that, though, but do they get that right ever? Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, so, but, but now let's let's pose another example: um, mm. liver transplant. Unless mm. you're the Ministry of Health, right? Yeah. If you're an alcoholic, you're not going to get a liver transplant. Yeah, very unlikely. Right? Now, I would say the same thing for uh, you know if you make certain very obviously risky uh, lifestyle choices. Okay, so if you if you uh, end up uh, taking, if we don't regulate any medicines, and uh, you end up taking say a very dangerous yeah, potent medicine and you you sort of kill an organ in your body then you're okay with uh, us turning around and going sorry uh unfortunately we can only kind of make you comfortable we can't we can't there's, cure well, you yeah, there's, no, there's, there's no available dialysis machine yeah i, I, I suppose okay. it, it it becomes a bit of a problem for guys like me because we took an oath uh, <laughs> which uh, sometimes makes it difficult to uh, react in that way um, I'll give you an example. Which... But, there are, but, there, but there are things you can't do. And there, there, you know, there's, certain, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, for example, who can't uh, do everything they possibly could to mm. deal with cancer. Yeah, no, uh, I, look, I mean, what... there, there are points at which uh, we certainly say, look, there, there's no more we can do. And, and it's not only, it's, it's not even a public-private sector split. Certainly there are, there are treatments and modalities which for certain patients... Uh, you know, they may have a 5% chance of working, and we just go, well, 5% is not worth the risk, so we, we wouldn't do it on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, it's, uh, to me, it's, uh, it's ironic that the very same people that who, you know, feel the government is now stepping on their toes um, are all for any state regulation when it comes to ordinary medication. Well, it, it's uh, interesting. It's interesting you raise. Yeah, it's interesting you raise the point about regulation because uh, I actually invited Jacques Rousseau on on, but he's unavailable today. But he wrote a, mm-hmm. sort of a, a comment on your uh, on you on your article, which uh, part of which was uh, talking about um, regulatory bodies and um, you know whether whether this actually would would work in in some ways um, and the problems that that actually raises. Um, <laughs> You know, practically, even as we stand at the moment, they want to make uh, the Medicine Control Council look after sort of 100,000 new medicines, essentially, um, you know, that you can buy on the shelf at your pharmacy, not at the pharmacist, but just in the normal shelves next to sort of uh, your toothbrush. Um, And uh, and, and the Medicine Controls Council is already uh, struggling, as it is, with with, with trying to cope. That to me is a is a you know is, is a very important question. Right? The question of competency. Now you know I don't want to attack the MCC specifically. Yeah. Um, bureaucracies are almost always incompetent and corrupt. Um, you know they they're just a good example. I mean they've been described. Well, I, I, in, in, I don't know much about them, but I, I you know they are they they are uh, a bit behind on stuff by their own admission and and. Um, they uh, I think there's a, they've got a big job and probably are underfunded. To be to be frank. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, they've been described in newspapers as chaotic, you know, with a history of massive backlogs, political interference, death of commercial interests. Um, yeah. Now, why would you trust such an organization to make sure that your names are safe? Right? Frankly, I'd rather, you know, poll you and a couple of other doctors that I know and say, listen, is this stuff safe and how do, how do I need to take it? Um, mm. Which, yeah, I, I would trust you much, much more with, with this sort of question than I would trust uh, the Medical Control Council. Yeah, well, I, I have to be honest, I'm not sure how their structures actually work. And it's, it's interesting because there are, there are drugs that uh, sort of we don't have that we probably should. Um, and certainly drugs, I know the registration process for drugs is, is often quite uh, tedious. Which means, which means, yeah, we, we end up not having drugs for our patients that we actually need because a manufacturer closed down a factory and they can't manufacture that drug on a new production line because it's a different factory. Same drug, though. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, then we don't have the drug anymore. So it's... Yeah. it's well, there's a, number, there's a number of cases like that. You know, there was, back in the 70s, there was beta blockers used, used for, to prevent second heart attack. Yeah. Um, it was disallowed for like something like eight years in, in, uh, in the state. When they finally approved it for that use, mm. uh, after doctors have been saying this all along, um, they said, oh, they were going to save so many thousands of lives a year, which was kind of an admission that the that, uh, one and a half million people had died unnecessarily. Had died unnecessarily. Sure. Um, there's this movie, The Dallas Buyers Club, about um, AIDS drugs. Yeah, like, very yeah I've seen case. it. You know, guy says, look, you know, he's got a few months to live. Um, he wants to inject himself with this poison because, frankly, that's his only option, and he should have the right to make that decision. And yeah. he turned out to be right. You know, and it, it was eventually it was approved mm. uh, on the basis that, you know, dealing with the side effects is, is the lesser of two evils, because otherwise you die. Yeah. Right. I um, mean, as I so say, in principle, in principle, great. But I, I mean, another point that Jock raises about, you know, the poor being being disadvantaged. And I, I've seen it where, where, where people, uh, you know, and another problem with these regulations is that they deal with all the what's called the complementary or alternative medicines, the stuff you're going to find at uh, your sort of dischem on, on a shelf somewhere. Um, but they actually don't deal with any traditional medicine, which uh, is, in my opinion, a far bigger concern for the, the population since about 80% of the population yeah. takes traditional medicine. And, uh, Interestingly, yeah. it does deal with Indian and Chinese. Yeah, Indian and Chinese, but they've, they've kept their hands off the, off, uh, the sort of traditional healers. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, it's a similar thing to leaving the taxi drivers alone with regards to e-tolls um, because yes, exactly. I don't think they can deal with the backlash. But, but the, 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 the problem is, and, I, you know, as, as, as I can give many examples of, of poor patients who, who, who had a, a small problem, whatever it happens to be, and their beliefs were such that they went to a traditional healer who gave them something, and that something uh, uh, actually caused them to start dying. Um, and they come wow. in, and uh, even if we had a rule that they can't get dialysis or, or they won't get some fancy treatment, um, they're still going to get, uh, they're still going to use a resource in an emergency department um, because, yeah. you know, we're not going to watch a patient die. Um, and it, it's, as I say, I like the concept in principle. I, 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 in practice I, is, is where I worry about it because of these sort of, um, you know, complexities of, of, of the reality of, of what happens with these patients. Yeah. Um, now, those complexities are interesting to me, um, you know, because they are definitely there are disadvantages of the way we do it right now. And I think mm. the, the alternative that the crowd have a very good case 
Yeah. Um, it, but it does, you're right, it does raise complications. You know, a, a friend of mine, Trevor Watkins, um, said, he, he said, um, feel free to advise, educate, and inform all of those people that you think are too poor and too stupid to decide for themselves. <laughs> which is which is a very um, paternalistic. Uh, it's, I mean, that's the other. Uh, it's a separate debate, obviously, but it's 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 quite paternalistic that's, that's in itself. Doing, that's what we're doing. We're saying that you and I are, are capable of making these choices, and rich housewives in you know Stanton are capable of making choices in terms of herbal remedies. Yeah, but a person in a rural area is stupid, and and therefore they can't. But, but the, yeah, but the, but the poor masses aren't capable of looking after themselves. Yeah, which is which is um, which is a which is a very arrogant. Yeah arrogant way of looking at it. Exactly. I don't I don't think that that is the government's role. Mm. You know, it's it's the government's not my daddy. <laughs> um Sure. Well, I, I think uh, I think they see it completely differently. And 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 look, I, I mean, I agree with you that I, the way we're doing it currently probably isn't working either. Because I can tell you that, um, with regards to those alternative and complementary medicines, people are currently buying them, um, and are causing problems for themselves. Uh, you know, they yeah. they because they 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 currently don't see any risk. It's kind of like, oh, look, this is it's 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 natural. That concept of <laughs> of it being natural and therefore being okay. Yeah. So, so I think a, a middle road is, is, is where we need to find. I'm not, I, I would agree with you that lumbering the MCC with another 100,000 drugs is uh, probably not yeah. the brightest thing to do. It's not going to work. You see, the other thing is that I don't think that consumers will change their view of their alternative remedy um, just because there's a law about it now. No, they won't. Um, right. What they will have, they'll have less variety to choose from because, you know, some of them won't be able to overcome these regulatory barriers and they'll be banned from the shelves. Which has an economic so impact, obviously, for someone who wants to start it's making it's uh, melatonin the, in their bath. Correct. So they're, they're absolutely right saying that it will affect the industry and there will be less employment and less revenue, etc. That's true. Yeah. Um, same, is true in, same is true in the pharmacy industry, for that matter. Um, mm. you know, there's, I, I think a lot of harm has been done by regulations in terms of the pharmacy business. Um, but will it reduce the risk? Right, that the taxpayer is going to have to pay for more of these people's health care. Uh, I don't think so, because in most cases, the problem isn't that the stuff is poison, it's just, it's just the stuff doesn't work. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Um, like a kid in Canada, right, that died of a, of a preventable infection because the mother gave him homeopathy. Um, yeah. And now the mother is up on, on charges. Uh, that's the problem. It's not that what she gave him was poison. Was it's that, that, it's that, that it didn't do enough. It, it's just that it doesn't work. So I, I'm not so convinced that it's going to make all that much difference in terms of costing the state. Yeah, money. You, you probably are right on that. You probably are. I, I, I agree with that. I think people who are stuck on their remedies are going to continue taking whatever they feel works and believe in. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to. Sorry. You, no, no. Finish your finish your final thought, and then we're going to call it. Well, there was, there was just, I was just going to raise if you're going to get to the more serious stuff, which you see with prohibition, is that um, the alcohol consumption actually goes up and the alcohol quality goes down. Um, and this is the effect of, of outlawing stuff or regulating, over-regulating stuff. Okay. And you've got to take that into account. That's finding a middle road, really. Exactly. Right, Avo, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming and joining us, and I'm sure we'll chat uh, in the future because you always write interesting stuff. Uh, especially on the health side of things. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Vitt. It was good fun. Thanks. Uh, I'll chat to you soon. Okay. That's uh, the end of the health hour, and uh, apologies. Uh, it's not wasn't really the health hour. It was the health 40 minutes, but uh, I do hope you enjoyed it. Um, obviously, uh, podcasts available from cliffcentral.com.
You can catch me on Twitter at Jonathan underscore Witt. Penny Lebiani up next and the Health Hour next week, 1 to 2 p.m.